I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, August 12, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We've got a lot of stuff on the docket. The market did an interesting trick overnight. We're going to take a look at the chart of the futures. We're going to discuss that. There's also some teachable and learnable moments there within. We'll take a look at the big picture. We'll assess everything there is to assess across all All the markets, including divergences, including the reversal candle from yesterday, including whether or not that's still valid, including the trend, including the fake out, the whole ball of wax, the kitten caboodle, everything in the bag. Let's start with the trend. The trend is your friend until it's not. I'm going to say it every single day until the market puts in a real turn because the reason that it doesn't put in a turn or it fights and fights and fights the bear case is because the trend is so strong. That is by definition the reason why I bring it up every single day. The other thing I think is important to realize is we talked about this candle here from the 13th, July 13th. We talked about it last night and it was the makings of a lower high. Market could have reversed from there. The next day, The market made a new low or a low and reversed and never looked back. Well, interestingly enough, we almost or may have on our hands a similar situation that began overnight. Here's an hourly chart of the continuous futures contract, the ES contract. This is yesterday afternoon and then after the closing bell at 4 o'clock or 4.15 as the futures are concerned, this is what happened. And then the market took off to the upside. Now... Here's exactly what happened. Over here is kind of where I went to bed, okay? And then here is where I woke up about 4 o'clock in the morning and saw this somewhere up in this neighborhood and started chuckling, saw the writing on the wall, took a leak, and went back to bed. However, before I went back to bed, this is what I put down inside the numbers at 4 o'clock in the morning. Typed that up, then went back to bed. Then... Waking up when I normally wake up, what happens is as the morning goes on, I see the market in one of these bearish, flaggish kind of formations. Well, what's above? We have a breakdown candle high. And you'll see what happens to unfold here in real time. Well, in the morning it was in real time. So the breakup candle high runs a test over here, okay? And then the next time up, with this is the reason we don't like sloppy seconds, The next time up, they bust through and the market was actually opened for business regular trading hours by the time they busted back through. So here you have your four o'clock in the morning. Here you have your nine o'clock in the morning. Market opens at 930 and they take off to the upside. Never look back. So what was the whole thing from yesterday? It was a shakeout or was it? Let's talk about the reversal candle from yesterday. And by the way, we don't need, this was the gap that was filled. And the secondary line up top comes in at, I believe it's 338. That was, yeah, let me just double check this. It is, in fact, 338. And that number was also achieved today. So we'll take it off the board. 
339.08, I believe. The high was 339.08 on the 19th of February. That's a number that has not yet been reached. But let's talk about the reversal candle. So, the reversal candle, by definition, has a high of 337.54. So, therefore, as long as the market stays beneath that high on the daily chart closing basis, then the reversal candle is actually still active. That's purely by the book from a technical perspective. It doesn't take into an account reality. It doesn't take into an account the art form of the whole thing, the business of trading, the business of investing, the markets. It's part science, part art form. And it certainly doesn't take into an account logic. Now, could they fail and still come down keeping intact the reversal candle from yesterday, from Tuesday? Absolutely, they can. But when you insert logic into the mix and using the 80-20 rule, meaning with this kind of a setup, with a bullish market in an uptrend, very close to the all-time high, under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to reach the all-time high, and at least from where I sit, and this is more opinion than anything else. There is no anecdote for this. There's no technical thing for this. They're going to spike through the all-time high. Now, I don't know that for a fact. Nobody does. Maybe they come up short and fail. Maybe they hit it to the button and fail. Maybe they spike through. We don't know. I'm giving you an opinion from this perspective. I think they bust through the all-time high. And if they do, I don't think it's by a couple of pennies. I think they do it by whether it's 25, 40, 50 handles in the S&P before we really see something begin to peter out. Let's talk about petering out for a second. We're still in the camp that we're looking for a turn. We're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. So they gave us one yesterday. Maybe it was a rope-a-dope. Maybe it was a fake-out. Maybe it wasn't. We'll see. Remember, the market always, not always, but a lot of times, does the thing that it's not actually going to do before it does the thing that it's actually going to do. What's that translated into English? They make it look like they're doing something else before they do the actual thing they're going to do. That's part of the job of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. All these are awareness things. You don't know exactly what's going to happen the next hour, the next day, the next minute. We can use probabilities. We use the patterns on the charts. We use the prices on the charts to eliminate stuff. And we use all those things as targets, as entries, as exits, as if they go above, this is what's likely to happen. And if they go below, this is what's likely to happen. And that in and of itself is plenty to be successful in the market. So we know the bull case. The bull case is they keep going. We've got a big fat round number up at ES3400. We're at 3370 today on close. And the corresponding SPY number would be about 340, about three points higher. Just as a reminder, we're going to be focused by Friday on the weekly close. Do we close above or below the gap? We closed above the gap last week. Do we close above the all-time high this week? Or do they fail and close back below the gap? All those scenarios are important and they all tell a tale. What about the monthly chart? Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, 
need to realize and note the monthly chart. Very difficult to trade off a monthly chart, A, because all month long anything can happen until they finalize the monthly candle. But when you think in terms of time is more important than price, what I see on the monthly chart is a scenario where I'm still in the camp, I'm looking for signs and signal of a trend change. I'm aware that we may continue up through the month of August. That's possible. Is that my expectation? Not necessarily. However, everything and anything is possible with the market. However, would I expect September, even if August closed up, would I expect September to bolt on another month of another monthly candle higher all the way into new highs? Maybe, maybe not. If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader and you're familiar with time is more important than price, you'll understand not just one reason, not just two reasons, but many reasons on a variety of different charts why we're looking for signs and signals of a trend change. They don't make it easy, but they do make it identifiable if you understand how to read the tape. Let's get back to inside the numbers. I think there's some important stuff going on from what was posted in the morning and throughout the day. We're trying to keep traders on the right side of the tape. So what do we have? Net-net, as of this morning, no change to the bull case. This is posted probably 7.30, 7.15 a.m. Here's that chart, only a different look. I posted a 120-minute chart. And there's a method to the madness. I wanted to point out an important spot. That was a big breakdown candle, and I wanted to focus in on the high. And I noted early in the morning, is this the prize today? What was that number? Well, let's scroll up a little bit and find out. 3370 to 3373. When this post was made, was price anywhere near there? And you can see from the picture, no, it's not. Here's that same 120-minute chart, but through completion to the end of the day. Now, here's that candle that was left off when I snapped the shot and made the post. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. Look what happened right after that. Look where they went to, spiked through it, and look where they closed. Here's the breakdown candle high, 33.73.50. They closed underneath it for the day, and they got above it by about 7 points. But what it was was magnetic. Look what happened on the first run. They get up there by about lunchtime. The high is 33.76 and a quarter. And when you look at a shorter term chart, you get the image of what happened. Here's lunchtime, 12 o'clock, 12.15, 12.30. They get slightly above the breakdown candle high and they pull back. Now, it wasn't a tremendous pullback, but that's not the point. You're going to get a reaction from a big breakdown candle high like that, we don't know what type of reaction until it's underway or taking place. But what we do know is the majority of the time, they're not going to just blow right through a spot like that. So you can see how we use a variety of different charts to create the storyline before the market even opens for business. Moving right along. You've already seen the majority, if not all, of what happened. So the notes will correspond with what happened. They give the important numbers. So what I'll do is I'll scroll up, and you can pause the video, and I urge you to check the notes, go back to the charts, 
see what happened. You saw what happened today. It was a big push higher or continued melt up higher after the fake out. But the important thing is what happens before the opening bell? Are we ready for the day? Can we read the tape? Do we show up in uniform ready to go? And the answer is yes, we do. By the way, same chart. If we know that the breakdown candle highs are magnetic, then can we trade up to a breakdown candle high using in and around the high or short of the high as an exit? Yes, we can. The challenge is these big breakdown candle highs, we could see price go lower before it ever goes back up and it whips traders out. So the challenge is where are your support levels along the way? But that's the type of information that's provided to members inside the number every single day. All of the above is provided without prejudice. What about stocks on the move today? There were only three opportunities on the board, but we were seeing the gap higher and a lot of stocks, meaning most of the stocks, were getting kind of a dead cat bounce, if you will, from the sell-off from yesterday and the recovery overnight. So there wasn't a lot of stuff to choose from early in the morning. We're going to take a look at the charts of XOM, SMCI, and OSPN. You'll see that all three say entry hit, but we're going to take a look at the charts because not everything is as it seems all the time. We have to be able to paint by the numbers and follow the rules. ExxonMobil, the first one on the board, here's the deal. So the stock was getting just a little bit of a trim of the beard and mustache. It wasn't a buzz cut and it wasn't a haircut. I was looking for an opportunity and I saw a number in Exxon. So if it happened to come into the number, was willing to take the trade. Two numbers on the board, 4420 and 4383, relatively close together. Not a volatile session for XOM. Was looking for a bounce. Didn't get it at the first spot. They ate some time off the clock. They stopped off for a cup of coffee. Where are they going? They're going to the next spot. They had a cup of coffee and a crawler, and then they started to climb back toward the end of the day. Guess what? If you paint by the numbers, half at the first spot, half at the second spot, you made yourself a cup of coffee. No harm, no foul. Move it along. Different story for OSPN. This was a buzz cut. It looks like everybody would have gotten crushed in OSPN. So what actually happened? Glad you asked. Here's a one-minute chart. It was a no trade. First, there was one number on the board. It was one or none. And you can see in minute one, what was the low? 21.90. And minute two, the high was 22.65. Now, may not be the ideal rocket ride for anybody. However, when that happens and they bounce right out of the gate, like in the first minute or two, 2%, like this happened here, and it happens before the number, all of a sudden, you have to consider that that number is off the table. Now, because it was in the first minute, if they came down in minute one or minute two after that, I would say that's okay to still take the trade. But look what happens here. By minute 10, They've done it a couple of times, and then they start to come into the number. That's a no trade. You don't want that trade. The reason you don't want that trade is because you run the risk of this happening. So this one was off the board. And I have to tell you, I didn't get one email on this trade today 
which doesn't tell me anything specific, but hopefully nobody was in this trade. Not the same case for SMCI. So I did get some emails on SMCI, so I had to make a post on it, and if you read the notes, you'll see around 10.30 I made mention that this was a no trade. Here's that one minute chart, and you can see here the low in the first minute was 27.58, the high in the next minute happened to be 28.15. So again, quick 2% by 9.40, 9.41 in the morning, they're coming down into the number. That's off the table. You don't want the trade anymore. Well, guess what? Look what happens when you move on in time. They did the same thing at the second price. So here, the low happened to be 27.21, four cents above the level, and they rode that for a while and then came into it later on. Again, it makes it a no trade. If you play by the rules and paint by the numbers, you basically won yourself a cup of coffee today in Exxon, no trade in SMCI, no trade in OSPN. The gap up in the market today across the board took the opportunity away for stocks on the move. Happens sometimes, it is what it is. We take what the market gives us. We don't cry over spilt milk or anything else. What do we got going in Camp IWM today? Well, we have a slight divergence. Let's discuss it. So the IWM was up today, that's fair enough, but it was only up one quarter of 1%. On one hand, it's extended away from home base. We know home base being the 20 period moving average, the market never really loves to get too far away from home base. So maybe it's a little far now, so maybe they have to eat some time off the clock or come down toward home base. If they eat time off the clock, it allows home base to creep up to price. As you can see, the moving average, that's the red line. The 20 moving average is sloping up. So over time, meaning tomorrow this will be slightly higher, next week slightly higher. And therefore, if they eat time off the clock, you end up compressing that space between current price and home base. But the other thing is, we have to note and we have to make it a piece to the puzzle and it's on the table that there was a divergence today in the IWM. It wasn't leading everything to the upside. Not to say the IWM has to lead to the upside, but when it lags, we want to know about it. The awareness from a weekly chart perspective is where we are relative to this breakdown candle high on the weekly chart of the IWM. So once again, we have a situation, and this only becomes valid on Fridays or the weekly close, but we have a lower high situation. So even though we're getting a boost above the moving averages, they still have to close above this breakdown candle high. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but until and unless they do, this is setting up for a potential lower high. Of note, puzzle piece on the table, big picture stuff. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. Interestingly enough, these are my two favorite market leading indicators and both were lagging the S&P at the end of the day. Also interesting, the transports were up earlier in the day, finished near the lows. That's interesting. They made a new high and they failed, still finishing up for the day. So they don't catch most people's eye. However, when you look at the chart and you see a little tail candle, you see them finish at the low. They're way extended away from home base. They're lagging in terms of how much they were up today from the S&P. And the intraday turnaround is something that I think you should note. Here's the hourly chart of the transports. Here's the hourly chart of the S&P 500. 
So the S&P 500 finishes out near the highs, finishing out on an uptrend. The transports finished 180 degree look in the other direction. Puzzle piece of note on the table. The trend is your friend until the very end, until it's over, until it's not. How about the Qs up over 2% today, 6 bucks. Anything wrong with this chart? Absolutely not. Are they going to make new highs once again? Probably. As long as the S&P will, the Qs will. If the S&P fails, the Qs will likely fail. It's all the same market at the end of the day, just not to the same magnitude each and every day. Weekly chart of the Qs. Time is more important than price. Extended away from home base. While they can stay extended away from home base, they don't really love to do that. So at some point, it's going to want to come back toward home base or at minimum of eat some time off the clock. This is a weekly chart, so it takes some time. But nevertheless, they're not going to stay extended away from home base for very long. Real quick, we'll take a look at the monthly chart just so you get a sense for the melt up. Again, with the monthly chart, each candle obviously takes a month to materialize. And look how far away we're extended from home base. One thing I'll mention, and I might have said this once or twice already, there's a method to the madness. Time is more important than price. The other thing that I'll mention is that markets, and we say this all the time, and you have to be reminded all the time, that markets will surprise you. And markets can go a lot farther in either direction than most people ever think they can. Here's a daily chart of the Qs. Here's February. This is the high, February 19th. Whoever thought the market would be down here in rapid fashion? Nobody. When it was down there, whoever thought A, it would recover, and B, and the answer to A is we did, and B, whoever thought it would be anywhere near where it is now? So when you go back to, let's just say, pick a time frame. How about any day in April? If I said to you the queues were going to be at about 270 or more in a couple of months, what would you say? No chance. Where were they in April? How about 215? Right around here. This is April. Here's April 17th. What was the closing price? 215.29. The only point that I'm making is the market's in an uptrend. Yes, we're looking for signs and signal of a trend change. But that doesn't mean they can't go even a lot higher first before turning back around. And yes, even though it feels like it will never happen, they will turn back around. That's the way markets work. Just to display the point using the cues, why not? Here's a point in time. So the market runs up. This is 2018. Okay, so the market runs up, feels like it's going to keep going, pulls back. Market runs up, feels like it's going to keep going pulls back. Market runs up, feels like it's going to keep going, pulls back. And you see they do the same thing over and over and over again. Nobody ever believes it's going to pull back while it's going up, while it's melting up, while every time you turn on the television, everybody's bullish. That's the way it works. So here we are when you fast forward, we're on a melt up scenario, but it will pull back. Here's another puzzle piece for you. Here's the XLF. So why was it down today? down almost half of 1%, everything else was up, what's the scoop? May not tell us anything for tomorrow, may not tell us anything for next Monday, but we stack all these things together, we're looking for a full stack if we can get one, they're all puzzle pieces 
They're on the table. When we get enough of these things stacked on top of each other, the market's basically telling you something. That's what we're looking for. We're looking to put together the pieces to the puzzle, which are the components to the story. And over time, each and every day, the story becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. And then one day, they're going to hit you with something. They're going to hit you with a sign or a signal of a trend change. Boom, you're waiting for it. And that's the ticket. May have some fits and starts, may have to try it once or twice. That's the way the market works. Again, they don't make it easy. Just being upfront with everybody, being the umpire calling balls and strikes. The last thing you want to do as an analyst, not you, but me, you as in the general sense, the last thing an analyst wants to do is take something that happened. For example, the move that happened overnight in the futures. Take something like that happened come out with an excuse after the fact and say, well, now that we see that, it's obvious why they did that and here's why they did it. And they point to something on the chart that makes no sense to anybody but themselves. I think that's disingenuous at best. And that's where I came up with the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. We don't need to know why they did something. doesn't make any difference why they did it. You can come up with 42 reasons till Sunday why they did something and nobody can ever prove one of them. I'll give you a case in point. The market was up today, and I say this tongue-in-cheek. These are air quotes here. The market was up today because Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as his VP candidate. Let me tell you something. If Joe Biden and this gal get in the White House, the market's going to crash. Every single policy they have are contrary to the market. Everybody on that side will tell you otherwise. I get all that. I'm not here to get into a political debate. This is how I view the markets. My point in bringing that up is that's not the reason why the market rallied in the middle of the night. It was a convenient excuse, not the reason, an excuse that the media could run with all day long. Why is that? Because they need a reason to be on television. They can't just say, we have no idea what happened, but let's just go with it. That's not how TV works. That's not the expectation of the viewership. The viewership as a whole expects them to be smart. They expect them to have the reason. The viewer wants to know the reason, therefore CNBC is giving their viewer what they want. Not what they need, what they want. Smash Mouth, up 3%. Anything we need to cover here other than it's in an uptrend, the trend is your friend until it's not? Absolutely not. It is what it is. We can move on. What does moving on look like? Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is absolutely true and absolutely accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.